God bless you this morning. As you're here, I don't know about you, but I feel like I would have plenty to go home and think about just from the Sunday school lesson and what we've talked about so far. Um, but I want to do my part as well. Um, I didn't think about it as much, but as we were going through the Sunday school lesson, I guess what I'm going to look at this morning could, could come in the line of uh, brotherhood, um, just working together as a brotherhood. Um, somebody mentioned the book of Ezra to me this week. Well, it was actually my wife, I think. And I said, well, I don't know what Ezra is about necessarily. So I got it out and I got thinking about it and reading through it and I decided to have some thoughts from Ezra this morning. It's mostly from Ezra. Um, <coughs> right between Second Chronicles and Nehemiah. If you want to turn to that, I'm going to start in, in the uh, first chapter of Ezra. <clears throat> Just looking at some different things. Uh, I wanted something a little bit toward maybe New Year's. Well, this was a new beginning for Israel. Um, in fact, I think I've seen that comment, new beginnings. And maybe just some thoughts from here that we can learn for us as a congregation and for our own personal lives as well. I'm going to read... Uh, Several verses here in the beginning uh, of Ezra 1, 1. Now, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the <laughs> Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. I found that interesting. Jeremiah had prophesied all this, this to come to pass. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me to build him an house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him. And let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord of Israel. He is the God, which is in Jerusalem. I, I'm going to quit there for right now. <clears throat> I would like to think about things, you know, Israel had uh, lived a wicked life, and God took them to captivity to Babylon and he said he would do that he would take them into captivity he would punish them for their terrible evilness if we read through Jeremiah you find a lot of that and he said it's an incurable thing he is not going to repent or turn around uh, you will be punished for this but I'm also was impressed with reading through Jeremiah that God said, 
yes, I'm going to punish you because of your evil ways. But in the same breath, he would tell them that, but I will bring you back to your land. I will also make you happy again. Your sons and daughters will dance in the street and you will be happy again. I'll bring you back. And he even said, I will punish the nation that took you into captivity for doing that. And yet he used them to punish Israel. So this is, is uh, right after that. God said, you will be in captivity for 70 years now. I have a feeling there were some older men that were watching this and they were saying, you know, 70 years is getting close or maybe next year is 70 years and we should be looking for it. And I find it interesting that, that uh, God was being true to his word, to the prophecy that Jeremiah had given through, Christ, through God and the people wouldn't listen to him. So uh, he stirred up the heart, the spirit of Cyrus, the king then, which was probably ruler pretty much over the whole world at that point. Um, and so the first thing I'd like to look at is opportunity. Uh, he stirred up Cyrus and he made a proclamation. Somehow Cyrus felt like we need to go back there or I need to send people back to rebuild Jerusalem. God put that in his heart. And so he said, is there anybody here who would go back and do that? And he laid a, a, a golden opportunity to before uh, the people of Israel to go back and build Jerusalem. And I, I feel like our lives are also filled with opportunities. There's, there's so many hurting people, so many people that need help, so many people that we can do something for. Uh, and he presents, as well as he did to them, us opportunities that we can use. Um, so how are we doing with the opportunities that we have? We have them around us. My mind went to our busy lives. And if you talk to almost anybody today and you say, how are you doing? Well, we're doing good. Yeah, we're doing good. We're just busy, busy. And I, I have to say the same thing, and I don't like it. Um, I think it's a tool that Satan could use to compromise the opportunities that we have. He would like to use those and help us to think or believe that we just don't have time for different things, whatever. Our neighbor, it's all, all kinds of things. You, you meet people in the grocery store, you meet people here. I just had a man at the shop this week. Um, we got to talking a little bit and uh, he was saying that he met another Mennonite from over there and I through the conversation I said I was a Mennonite and he said you are and he said he had just moved from where up north down here four years ago 
And he was saying, uh, here's another Mennonite that I'm talking to. And I said, well, he said, I've never been at a Mennonite church. And I said, well, you're welcome to come to our church. We'd love to have you. And he said, that's what the other man said, or the other, he said, lady. So it must have been one of their wives. So uh, he said, maybe God's trying to tell me something. I said, yes, he might be. So, uh, you know, there's opportunities that lay at our feet often. Do we, do we use them? Do we, are we able to do that uh, and have the time and not let time skew our vision to what God has placed in front of us or called us to do? We will no doubt have opportunities this year that we have to do good things. So I think it would be good that we pray and we ask God to help us use those opportunities to help others to make a better life for them somehow. And I, the thought came to me, wouldn't it be great if every family here could bring one soul to Christ or maybe more, maybe more individuals here could bring one soul to Christ. That's what we're here for. We're not here to work and make money. Yes, we have to, to survive, but God placed us here to have relationships, bringing people to new levels of their relationship with God. We can encourage, and that's what I say, Sunday school was full of it, of encouraging each other in our Christian life and our relationship with God, to just raise that a little higher. Maybe these captivities, captive people here were praying, uh, pleading with God for deliverance. I don't know how they felt, how comfortable they got in their setting. Uh, but God in His province and in His timing can make something so easy. And that was my next point of thinking about this because the king of uh, Persia here, Cyrus, he brought the opportunity uh, uh, to them. Who of you, among you, of all his people, his God be with him and let him go to Jerusalem which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord of Israel. Um, he wasn't just talking about um, building houses, building places to live, building places to work. He was building the house of God at Jerusalem. As we look at verse 5 then, um, then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah, Benjamin, and the priests and the Levites, with all them whose spirit God had raised to go up to build the house of the Lord, which is at Jerusalem. And all they that were about them strengthened their hands with vessels of silver, with gold, with goods, and with beasts, and with precious things, besides all that was willing, willingly offered. And even Cyrus brought forth a lot of the 
the uh, vessels of gold and silver that were taken away from them when they were taken to captivity. <clears throat> and so God, in his timing, he stirred up all these people. I would say probably in verse 5, it's talking mostly about the leaders that were at Israel, that were familiar with some of those things, and they uh, were stirred by the Spirit of God as well. And they were moved to go up to Jerusalem and to build again what God had um, allowed to be taken away for a while. I guess as I think about us in being alert to what God wants for uh, giving us opportunities and making things to work for us. Sometimes we don't want to wait on God. Sometimes we feel like something needs to be done and we need to happen. And I think it's, it's maybe more so for us as men. We like to see things happen. We like things to move, uh, to be done. And... Sometimes we can push in ways that don't work when it's out of timing with God's timing. And so when God moves or moves us and makes things possible, it will be so much easier. You know, I look at this and I say, well, they didn't have to work hard to make this happen because it was God's timing, because it was His uh choice to see them go back and rebuild Jerusalem. <clears throat> so I think for the men that went back, the Spirit of God moved them, they raised them, as it says here. And uh, I think we need, in all ministries, we need to have God's moving in our lives, the Spirit of God within us. And I say, we as ministries, um, I think not just ordained people like myself and Mark, John, whatever, ordained ministers. I think everybody has a ministry to do. God has called you to, to do whatever. Um, we all have ministries and we need to work on those. And God will guide us to, to those and he will lead us in those different paths that we should go. And as we work and minister for God, uh, many people can be drawn to Him and, and be able to benefit from the things that we share with them. The important thing I think we need to note is that if God is not in it, it's not going to happen. If they would have tried to go before time, and we don't read anything that they did, if they'd have got impatient, it wouldn't have worked. It would have not worked. And so it will fail if it's not in, in God's desire to do. So we need to be careful with that. There are some things that probably we don't need to really ask about. We know that we're supposed to be witnesses for Christ. 
We know that we're supposed to help the poor. Some of those things that we just should do as Christians and they're givens that we do those things. But there are greater things or maybe more uh, bigger things that God moves by His Spirit to do. And uh, many times through the week, and I don't know, sometimes just God places somebody on your heart, somebody on your mind. Maybe He wants you to call Him. Maybe He wants you to go visit them. Uh, We need to be open to the Spirit of God as He places those things in our heart by His Spirit. I think He does move people, us, uh, to be able to do that. In verse 6, we find that the, the leaders here were were moved and were strengthened and, and began to uh, get supplies together and they traveled to Jerusalem. Then if we go to chapter 2 and begin in 6, uh, it gives all the people that went. But if we go to chapter 2 and look at verse 64, I can get my page to open up. Mm. We had a a huge group of people that went through Jerusalem, traveled up there, and then in verse 64, the whole congregation together was 40 and 2,000. 303 score besides their servants and maids of whom were 7,337 and there were among them 200 singers singing men and singing women I thought that was quite a course there 400 people would have been uh, interesting to hear Uh, they had a lot of things that they'd taken up to Jerusalem And some of the chief, in verse 68, and some of the chief of the fathers, when they came to the house of the Lord, which was at Jerusalem, offered freely for the house of God to set up in his place. I found it interesting, the first thing that they did is set up uh, a place of worship. Um, They needed a place that they... Well, I think their heart was in to get back with God and be getting back to worship Him as God wanted them to. And I don't know how it was for them in captivity if they had their place of worship, and I don't know how it is for you, uh, but I had to think about myself. I sort of have my, my place that I feel like I need to go to to pray. Uh, I have my regular place that I sit and read. Um, I, it sort of feels like the right place to be. Uh, I believe they were uh, thinking of the same thing. They wanted to set up a place of worship uh, that they can use and be there. They gave after their abilities, verse 69, unto the treasures of the work three score and 1,000 drams of gold and 5,000 pounds of silver and 100 priest garments. So the priests and the Levites and some of the people and the singers 
and the porters and the Nathamites dwelt in the city and all Israel in their cities. They were returning to the place of worship that God had designed many years before and had taken them to and then it became destroyed. Now they were to build it again. I was thinking about the place of worship for us and if you go to John chapter 4, very familiar scripture about the woman at the well, I had to think of her in the place of worship. Jesus, uh, well we could start in verse 19, the woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in the mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not. What? We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So our place of worship begins right here in our heart, and we worship from our heart. We don't have to have a particular place of worship. Yes, I enjoy coming here to Mount Hermon and corporately sitting here and worshiping together. It's a great thing that we do. But true worship begins in the heart with you and me by the Spirit of God leading us, giving us direction. I was thinking about uh, the psalmist David. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in, in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Also Psalms 51.10 Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Those are the things that need to happen to have true worship. They were setting up a place of worship and uh, yet they were still sacrificing animals and things and uh, getting, I mean, worshiping that way and serving God as he had taught them and shown them. But I think God is looking from, from us a heart of true worship to him, a clean heart, a pure heart that will meet our needs through his spirit. And I don't think God will meet us any other way. He won't. He won't meet us any other way. Our conditions need to be pure before him. Um, and as I think about that, that heart to worship, that is what makes up this community of people or our church here at Mount Hermon. You could take Christians from all over. Uh, when we come together, we worship together. And so the individuals make up that thing. So it begins in the heart 
and they were concerned to get the worship place built there. Chapter 4, if you go to chapter 4, there's one thing that stood out to me, and I've seen it in our Sunday school lesson too, um, in Ezra, that is, chapter 4 in Ezra. Um, Wow, I didn't write down the verse in here. And I don't know if I can find it. You might see it. It talks about uh, coming together as one man. Uh, They were, they wanted to do that. Well, I'll leave that. They were coming together as one man. Um, yeah, Nehemiah really gives you a lot more detail on the building of Jerusalem than Ezra does. And so Nehemiah would also probably have that in it. <clears throat> But they came together as one man because of two things. Uh, They had prepared their heart for worship and they were committed as individuals to uh, one true God. That is one thing. Secondly, I think they feared for their safety some. And so those two things, you know, pushed them to be drawn together as one man, being together together. worshiping God and so I was thinking about Mount Hermon I want us to come together as one man can we stand together as one man and we really talked about that in Sunday school about caring for one another and helping each other and serving each other doing the things that will build us together come together as one man uh, because we love God We can't do it without the Spirit of God being in each one of us. Um, First of all, in our individual lives and then coming together as a church. Uh, When we go as one man, we become so much stronger and get so much more done. And I would say the journey is much sweeter as we move together we need to move with a godly fear we need to uh, have a devotion to one another to love to stand by to care for each other Uh, have a true devotion and worship to God then if we move on to chapter 4 I know I'm just skipping through this but I've Picked out some of the highlights, I guess you would call it. Uh, True worship and devotion to God was challenged. I think as we look at our lives individually and as a church, um, Satan is not happy with uh, a happy Christian life. And when he sees... Uh, what could I call it, his kingdom, whatever, uh, threatened, 
when he sees this territory threatened, he will bring things to try to destroy us. <clears throat> there are many circumstances, even in our individual lives, that God would, I mean, that Satan would bring to try to discourage us, destroy us. And chapter 5 here, we find that they did. It's, I'm not going to read all these names, but the first, first two verses talk about uh, the leaders there and how they were beginning to build the house in the verse 2, begin to build the house of God, which is at Jerusalem, and with them were the prophets of God helping them. At the same time, in verse 3, came, uh, came to them Taniah, governor of this side of the river, and Shelthar Bozani, and their companions, and said unto them, Who hath commanded you to build the house and to make up this wall? And they, they had conversation there, and of course they were against them. They seen a threat here somehow, and they wanted to, to bring a stop to it. But I, I like verse 5 where it says, But the eye of their God was upon the elders of the Jews that they could not cause them to cease till the matter came to Darius. And when they returned, answered by letter concerning this matter. And it goes into great, not great length, but it goes into length how Darius searched the books uh, and found that it was written there that Cyrus had uh, had given commandment to have this rebuilt. It was under three kings that they did this. And so as time went on, some forgot. So it went back to Darius the king, and uh, the record was found. In chapter 6, 1 through 5, Then Darius the king made a decree, and search was made in the house of rolls where the treasures were laid up in Babylon. And there was found at Akmatha in the palace that is in the providence of the Medes a roll, and therein was a record thus written. In the first year of Cyrus the king of the same Cyrus, the king made a decree concerning the house of God at Jerusalem, let the house be built the place where they offered sacrifice, let the foundation there be strongly laid in the height, and it gives all the, the sizes of everything. And um, so then I was, I was excited about the part that Darius then, in verse 6, talks to those that came to him trying to stop, and it says, Now, therefore, Taniah, governor beyond the river, and this uh, Shethar, Bozani, and your companions, the Aparis, I, I can't say that, which are beyond the river, be it far from thence. Be ye far from thence. 
I, I found it a little bit amusing, a little bit interest there. He said, get out of their way. Just get out the way and let them build the house of God. Um, let the work of the house of God alone. Let the governor of the Jews, the elders of the Jews, build the house of God in its place. Moreover, I make a degree what ye shall do to the elders of the Jews for the building of the house of God that of the king's goods, even the tribute beyond the river, forthwith expense be given unto these men that they be not hindered. Maybe they were actually thinking I should have kept my mouth shut by then because then they had to even bring things to make it happen. And so God was with them. When God is in it, it will happen. It will work. It will come to pass. If the work that you're doing for God, and verse 13 says, and they did it speedily. Um, the governor of the other side, their companions, Darius, uh, the king had sent, so they did so they did speedily. In other words, he told them that it needs to happen. And so when God is in it, yes. Um, verse 21 of chapter 8. I'd like to go and just make a note of a couple of things here. Uh, verse 21. It was when they... Um, had some of the things built. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river. Well, this was the time that they had gone back and there was a group of them coming from Babylon and they had given them a lot of things, a lot of treasures, a lot of gold, a lot of silver, a lot of things to bring. And I found it interesting that I think it was uh, Ezra here, that I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava that we might afflict ourselves before God to seek of Him a right way for us. And, and I think what they're saying is a, a right of way, a, a, a way to get there safely. And for our little ones and for all our substance, they had a lot. He said in verse 22 is what I found interesting. For I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy and the way, because we had spoken unto the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all them for good that seek him, but the, his power and his wrath is against all of them that forsake him. So he was saying, I was really, I would have been ashamed to go back and ask the king for uh, soldiers to go with me down there because I just told him that God will take care of everybody uh, if they love God. If they care about God, God will take care of him. And so uh, he didn't want to go back and ask. And then verse 23, it says, so we fasted and besought our God for this. And he was entreated of us. And then in verse 31, we have his delivery. And we departed from the river of Ahava on the twelfth day of the first month, 
to go unto Jerusalem, and the hand of our God was upon us, and he delivered us from the hand of the enemy, and of such that lay in wait by the way. And we came to Jerusalem and abode there three days. And so they got back safely. God took them through. He did watch over them. When God is in it, who can stand against it? And so, as I look at our lives, as I look at the life of Mount Hermon, we have lots of opportunities around us. We have a great God that is with us, will uh, lead us, give us direction. And as God moves, we need to move. We need to do the things. And, you know, I would say, if any of you have some ideas that we can reach out to our community more or do things more, bring them on. Let's see what we can do for God. Let's use the opportunity that He gives us, not just them. He did work for them, and He took them through to a, a meaningful worship experience that they had and coming together as, as one person bring us together as one one person, working together, doing what God wants us to do, or what we feel God wants us to do. Um, we, can, we can know that the enemy will try to hinder us. He will try to destroy what we would like to build or what we would like to do. But we need to have God, and it may take prayer and fasting. It may take things that are not as comfortable to do as, as we would like to be sometimes, maybe. So I would just like to encourage us as a church to go forward. Um, do what God wants us to do. Be fervent in our own lives to be all that God wants us to be because it starts there our commitment to God as individuals. And then you bring all those individuals together in a group. We can accomplish what God wants us to be and to do. So God bless you as you think about that, as you consider things for your own life, for us as a life at Mount Hermon, that we can uh, maybe go forward, do new things, have new beginnings. Um, we don't have to do the same thing. We can look at new things to do. And maybe I believe God will bless it if he is in it. God bless it. Let's pray the song.